Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Maybe that speaks to some of you. The God who found you Before you were a believer, you were a mess. You can't believe what he's done for your life. He's changed you. You're in the promised land, which is simply the spirit-filled life. It's not heaven. And now you're there, and it's difficult times. And you're wondering if you can trust God. Well, the same God that took you from where you were to where you are is the God that will provide for you. But we have these lapses of faith as well. Were you a yucky sinner before you came to Christ? You know, lying, cheating, maybe drug or alcohol abuse. People that some in the church looked down on. And then you got saved. Glorious day. You found out that God could take all of the yuck away and replace it with himself. But like Pastor Mark will be teaching today, sometimes you slip up. You'll learn that your sin doesn't ever cancel out. Can't cancel out God's grace and mercy you'll find out that there's a way back to God for anybody that wants it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 as he begins his message, The Faith of the Patriarchs and Moses. Remember, we told you about the faith of Abraham and Sarah having a baby at 190, 100 for Abraham, 100 for Sarah. Somebody sent me this, and I thought it was very appropriate. With all the new technology regarding fertility recently, and this is a true story, actually, to some degree, (laughs) a 70-year-old woman was able to give birth. 70 years in our day and age. When she was discharged from the hospital and went home, her relatives came to visit. May we see the new baby, one asked. Not yet, said the mother. I'll make coffee and we can visit a while first. 30 minutes had passed. Another relative asked, Hey, can we see the baby? That's why we've come over. No, not yet, said the mother. Another few minutes elapsed and they asked again, May we see the baby now? And again, the mother replied, no, not yet. Well, they grew very impatient. They finally said, when will we be able to see the baby? And the mother said, when the baby cries. The people responded, when he cries, what does that have to do with anything? Why do we have to wait till he cries? She said, okay, okay, okay. I forgot where I put him, okay? Uh, I love it, don't you? 70-year-old, can't find that baby anywhere. (laughs) Praise God. How many relate to that story? Come on, be honest. Yeah. 
All of us gray hairs relate to the story. Faith, complete confidence that God will do what he promised. Abraham had taken many steps of faith up to this point in his life. Right from the very beginning, when God approached Abraham as a pagan, he had trusted God. He pulled up stakes, simply left Ur, and started out for the promised land, not really understanding very much of anything. Huge steps of faith. But as we follow Abraham's life, we understand that Abraham and God were going to have more challenges. Abraham was not through with learning about faith, even though he started incredibly bold, maybe more so than most of us would even think about doing. We learned something very important, that faith is a lifestyle. It's not an event. It's not something we do once in our life and go, thanks God, now I can do it myself. And so, First thing I want to challenge you with, you know it, but it's good for us to write it down, is this. God wants our faith to continue to grow. It's not a stopping point. We've accomplished a couple of great things. God's used us, and we kind of just kind of settle back in now, and everything's fine. No, that's not true. Notice here in this passage in 2 Thessalonians, Dear brothers and sisters, We can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. That's a beautiful thing for Paul to write the church. Your faith is growing. It's flourishing. It's incredible. I'm impressed by it. Now, we would like to think that our faith would simply grow in this kind of Here's when we got saved, and our faith just kind of grows on a pretty steady upward climb. If you live very long at all in your Christian walk, you will understand that is not true. But it should be, when you take a big picture of it, growing. Growing to be more like Christ. So realistically for us as followers of Christ, like Abraham, like most of the people in the Bible... We do have a little bit of a roller coaster ride. God understands that. There are lapses of faith that all of us have. Now, think of Abraham, the father of faith. You would like to think, the father of faith. But just think of this. He didn't fully obey because he stopped on the way to the promised land for many years. And he waited until the family, his father died, and then he moved on. So that was a lapse of faith. He didn't go all the way. He stopped short. Second, remember when there was a famine in Israel? The first thing he did was head to Egypt. Egypt is always a picture of the world. He didn't have faith that the God who got him to the promised land couldn't provide for him there. Maybe that speaks to some of you. The God who found you before you were a believer 
you were a mess. You can't believe what he's done for your life. He's changed you. You're in the promised land, which is simply the spirit-filled life. It's not heaven. And now you're there, and it's difficult times. And you're wondering if you can trust God. Well, the same God that took you from where you were to where you are is the God that will provide for you. But we have these lapses of faith as well. And maybe the biggest one of all, of course, Abraham and Sarah. God promised them that from them, the world would be populated. As far as the Jewish nation, the Savior would come. They had a lapse of faith. They took things into their own hands. You remember it. So when you look at this, don't look at this a little bit of a roller coaster ride that all of us have. Don't look at this as negative. Look at this as realistic. Understanding that our goal is to make those little lapses less and less and less. But when we're in a lapse, what does God do for us? The next thing you need to write is this. You need to understand this. The next thing God does is he encourages us to trust him when we have a lapse of faith. He knows that we're not all we should be. That's why we're in this work of sanctification that is never really finished until we get to heaven. Now, sometimes the enemy will come to us when we've had a lapse of faith and tell us that God is condemning us. Well, you ought to know scripture enough to know that God never condemns. God convicts. So even when I have a lapse of faith, God's going to come to me and he's going to encourage me to get back on track. Often he'll use you or another person to do that. But sometimes when we see people with a lapse of faith, if you're a little bit into the prophetic area, I mean, you're more of a prophet as your gift, or you're more legalistic, when you see people with lapses of faith, your tendency is to pound them down while they're there. Well, no, you want to be like a Barnabas. Come on, it's all right. You've fallen, you can get up again. Come on, let's get up, let's go up, let's get back in line, let's move along. I'd rather have a Barnabas next to me, to be very honest. I want somebody that's going to encourage me. That's what God does. He doesn't condemn us, he encourages us. So you see, through these lapses of faith, God is still working in Abraham's life. Well, he hasn't given up on him. Now you're going to see a real test of faith. Hebrews 11, verse 17. Notice it starts out again. By faith, Abraham. This is how Abraham lived. It wasn't because he pulled up his bootstraps, as we said. He got it together. He did four, four, rah, rah, rahs, and away he went spiritually. No, by faith. Faith is believing the promise of God. He trusted God with his life. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, you might want to circle that word in the Bible. It's the first thing I did as I was meditating on this before I really sat down and wrote my notes. That word tested just jumped out at me. God tests us. Why does he test us? You'll see in a moment. When God tested him, offered Isaac... As a sacrifice, he who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only 
son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Something I have written in my Bible. In fact, talking to Linda the other day, she teaches a Bible study here on Thursdays and one on Wednesdays outside of here. And we were talking about this very thing. The next thing, you ought to write this in your Bible if you don't have it. You can write it anywhere you like, but I wrote it in the book of James, chapter 1, when we talk about testing. These are good principles to understand. God tests us to bring out our best, to mature us, to grow our faith. So when God brings a test, he's bringing a test to say, let's see if I can bring Balmer down. He could always bring Balmer down. That's why 1 Corinthians says, he will never give me one that would bring me down. So when God is bringing a test to you and a test to me, it's to help me, it's to grow me. Now, it may not look like it from my viewpoint, but it's always from his viewpoint. On the other hand, Satan tempts us. Remember, God doesn't tempt anyone. Satan tempts us to bring out our worst to actually try to destroy us and bring us down. So a big difference between testing and tempting. So when I'm going through a trial, I just have to say to God, okay, what are you trying to do in my life? Not attempting. I already know when I'm tempted, as Joseph did, run from it. You understand what those are. You know what Satan's trying to do. But when I'm being tested by God... Sometimes I'm not sure. In this case, it's very sure what's happening. Keep your finger there, and we'll be back to Hebrews. Turn to Genesis chapter 22. Let's just read a few verses quickly, remind ourselves of really what took place. So remember, God tests us to bring out our best. That's what's happening right here. That's what's happening. Now, look down to verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, if you were Abraham, would you answer? I thought of this. God says, I'm going to test you. Abraham, where are you? Uh, I'm busy right now, God. I'm not really ready for a test. Thank you very much. If I know what's coming, I might say, I'm out of here. Busy? Can you contact me next Tuesday? Notice what Abraham says. Here I am, he replied. And God said, we've never seen anything like this. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he sent out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance. What do you think's happening in Abraham's mind for three days? What do you think he's thinking about for three days? You see, we read this and go, no brainer, no big deal. You know why? Because we know the outcome. We already know what it is. Let's get through it here quick. We already know it's good. Everything's great. No problem. Abraham doesn't know. It's not one day. It's not two days. It's three days. 
I don't know about you, but the longer the test goes on, the more difficult sometimes it gets for me. My mind goes all over the place. God, you said you're going to provide. And what's happened? It's been one day, it's been two days, for some of you three days, five days, seven days. Where is it? So put yourself in his shoes. Part of the testing in our lives is waiting for God's solution. So he's trying to develop in us patience. So it goes for those days, and look at, on the third day, finally, we get to Mount Moriah, Calvary. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and here's something you want to underscore in your Bible. We will worship, then we will come back to you. Circle the word we. What is Abraham sure of at this point? He's sure that what? Isaac and he are what? Tell me. Coming back. What is faith? Faith is believing the promise of God. So he knows Isaac somehow has to come back with him. Because from Isaac, the promise of God is going to be fulfilled. He doesn't know how. He's never had a clue. He just... This is an amazing man of faith, isn't he? And yet, the time there's the famine, to Egypt. Lies about his wife, first off. Lapses of faith. But he's growing. God's testing him. So he says, we will come back to you. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Now Isaac spoke up. Nobody really knows how old Isaac is. There's all kinds of debates. Probably probably somewhere 25, 30, but we don't really know. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, pretty intuitive. Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. This is a place where probably the King James is really a better picture of what was said. Even more than the New King James or the NIV or the New Living Translation. Notice what it says. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. For the burnt offering. Why? Remember, this is a picture of the foreshadowing of what would happen to Jesus Christ. This is a picture. Same hill, Mount Moriah, where Jesus is crucified. So this is a picture. So Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb, which God did, sent his only son, just like Isaac was Abraham's only son. Now, Dad's about 125 to 130 years old. Even if he goes to the gym every day, his 25-year-old son could what? Could take him anytime. But he doesn't. Notice Isaac simply submits. Easter should be all over you. He simply submits to the will 
of his father. Remind you of anyone? Jesus Christ in the garden. Could Jesus have walked away? Yes, he didn't. He submitted to the will of the Father. So, well, verse 9, when they reached the place, God had told them about Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Easy to read, impossible to put yourself there. Take your only son, bind him, and lift him up on the wood. Hard for us to even comprehend this. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. Don't you like all the butts in the Bible? I like it. Here it is. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know, this is huge, we'll get to it in a moment. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. To this day, Mount Moriah, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The perfect Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world. Romans 8, Paul knowing this story kind of alluded to it. Verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So that's a picture in the Old Testament of what was coming. We have the fulfillment of that in Jesus Christ. And if God did this for the world, how could you... Think that God is stingy or doesn't have your best in mind. Remember, God is for us. He's not against us. He did all of this for us. Now back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 again. By faith, Abraham, when tested, offered Isaac as a sacrifice, who had received the promise, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Now, as you see that, Abraham believed God, but he didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't understand it. He doesn't know the end of the story. We do. Look at verse 19. Here was what was going on in his mind. Abraham reasoned. Remember, the battle is always in our minds. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. You found out in Pastor Mark's teaching today that although Abraham was the father of faith, he had to learn his lessons the same way you do. 
you were told that faith is a lifestyle, not an event. Pastor Mark taught that God wants your faith to continue to grow throughout your life. God wants the times that you slip up to become more rare as you develop in your Christian walk. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue this message, The Faith of the Patriarchs and Moses. You'll hear more about Abraham, including the biggest test God could give any father. You'll find out how Abraham did on this test and how it relates to the death of Jesus and his resurrection. Pastor Mark will share how to strengthen your faith against attacks from Satan. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting